You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 74. Welcome to a special bonus episode, my friends. We are back on the Hello Awesome Podcast. The new season will start next Monday, season four, with our brand new series, Testify. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be all about testimonies every single week from now in August up until the fall, and I cannot wait. But for today, I am sharing just a special peek into my new book, Give It to God Girl. Now, some of you may have taken advantage of the pre-order when I had them active in my shop, but obviously since then, it has sold out. I was not prepared for that, guys. I actually had it planned to order enough books so that when I actually launched the book, I would have enough left over for everybody, but that was not the case, and I guess that is a good problem to have. So thank you out there if you purchased the book, if you pre-ordered, if you have been supporting Give It to God Girl on social media. I love you, I cherish you, and thank you so very much. But I want to let you guys know that if you have not yet grabbed a copy of Give It to God Girl, I have the links in the show notes of this episode. You can find Give It to God Girl on Amazon right now. That's right. We are on Amazon, guys. We're doing big things. So you can search my name, JC, J-A-C-Y, Lee Pulford, P-U-L-F-O-R-D, on Amazon, and it will bring you to an author page, and you will see Give It to God Girl on that author page. This is for a paperback book. That means real pages, a real book that you can hold in your hand, and it is only $14. And the reason why it is that way is because there are a lot of fees that are attached with Amazon, but I wanted to still make it affordable for you guys. So you can get on that right now. If you wanted something totally different and not an actual paperback book, I do have a digital devotional. It is a PDF file that you can download instantly to your phone and you can read the book on your actual phone or your tablet, whatever device you want. So that is available in my shop, HelloAwesomeMinistries.com and you can find that link also in the show notes. It is only $4.99, which is a little bit more affordable And it's perfect for those of you who are on the go and just don't have time to read a book, which leads me to my last option, which is probably my favorite option, and that is the audiobook. That is right. I have sat and read the entire book into a microphone, saved it, and have it available as an MP3 just for you. That's also available at HelloAwesomeMinistries.com. I have the link in the show notes, and that is only $9.99. It is actually me reading the book to you, which is perfect if you are busy on the go, you have dishes, laundry, cleaning, or you're just walking or exercising. This is a perfect option for you. So I am so excited about these three options. So if you have not yet grabbed a copy of the book, Choose one of these options and hopefully you will enjoy what you're listening to or what you read. And make sure to let me know if you have read the book or if you're in the book and something really just stands out to you. Don't be afraid to tag me on Instagram at HelloAwesomeMinistries or DM me with a screenshot of what you're currently reading. It will just be encouraging to me and exciting to see you guys enjoy the finished product. So for the special bonus episode of the Hello Awesome podcast, I wanted to just bring you a short clip of the audiobook so that you know what's actually inside the new book, 
Give It to God Girl. So this is just going to be a section of the audiobook. The audiobook is over two hours long, praise God, but this is just going to be a short section of that to hopefully bless you and show you what God has taught me about why we need to give things to him and how God is not only a giver, but he's also a receiver of our messiest sins. And the whole point of the devotional Give It to God Girl is centered around five distinct topics that I think we need to talk about more as believers. The topics are unforgiveness, jealousy, perfectionism, self-deprecation, and disrespect. So I hope you guys enjoy listening to this section of the book. And as always, if you're encouraged by anything that you listen to on the Hello Awesome podcast, please send a screenshot, DM it to me on Instagram, or post it in your stories, tagging me at Hello Awesome Ministries so that I can also be encouraged and keep this ministry going. I really do cherish you guys and If you want more content, I suggest that you sign up for my membership program, the Hello Awesome membership program on Patreon. I'm going to put the link also in the show notes. It's not a donation. It is a subscription where every month you contribute to supporting the Hello Awesome podcast and exchange. I give you exclusive content. Anything that I do as far as the digital devotions or audiobooks, I will give my members. That is right. So if you sign up right now to be a Hello Awesome member of my program on Patreon, you will get access to all of my ebooks, my digital devotions, and audiobooks. I will also share special Bible study notes from the podcast. I have some exciting ideas for more gifts that I can give to my Patreons. So I encourage you go to the link in my bio, head to the Hello Awesome membership program on Patreon, and sign up. There are a lot of different contribution amounts that will not break the bank at all. In fact, the first one is literally less than a cup of coffee a month. And so this is just another way for you guys to enjoy some of the content that I will give to you. And I am just so blessed by this ministry and by the Lord uh, who has enabled me to bless you guys and to to just share what he has done in my life and the lessons that he has placed on my heart. So enough of me babbling. This is the bonus episode that I'm dropping right now all about Give It To God Girl. I hope you enjoy this clip of the book. And if you want any more information, just head to the show notes for all the links. I love you guys so much. Remember, next Monday is the first episode of the new season, season four, with our series, Testify. You don't want to miss it. Set your calendars. Make sure you're subscribed to the Hello Awesome podcast in iTunes. Leave a five-star review so that you can encourage other believers. And I will be back with you next Monday. I'll talk to you later. Hey, guys, I'm JC. Are you ready for real conversations about faith, business, and life? Me too. This is the Hello Awesome podcast, where I bring forth topics and truthful insights that will encourage you to make intentional choices and pursue God with your whole heart. Are you ready to say hello to the awesome blessings that God has for you? All right, let's do this. They say some things are easier said than done, but they never say what happens if you do those things. Do our lives become easier? Do we become stronger because we've essentially followed through? Or do we stay the same? We may never know. 
There are things in life that are challenging even though we understand that they are necessary. We see the benefits and like a magnet, feel pulled forward to leave behind comfort. But we often become stuck in the process, in our minds, in the day-to-day cares of life, in the way we view the bigger picture or how we get there. Yet there is hope to become unstuck and continue on the path God has for us. Forgiveness, gossip, self-imposed limitations and deprecation, and the list goes on. We understand the need to move forward from these things, and yet we become stuck in the process of deliverance. We see the challenging things, and we know God is calling us to overcome them, to be unstuck, to be free. But the real challenge is not in conquering whatever is hindering our walk forward. The Lord Jesus Christ has fully equipped us with whatever we need to succeed and thrive. His birth, death, and resurrection makes anything possible. So then what holds us back from receiving deliverance? Maybe the real challenge isn't the challenging thing. Maybe the real challenge is us. Give It to God Girl is a written anthem to anyone who needs a boost to become unstuck. Unstuck from being rude to yourself. Unstuck from harboring unforgiveness. Unstuck from resisting reconciliation. Unstuck from the toxic habits of gossip. To be unstuck is to be released from anything that is keeping you back from the promises of God. It's to experience true freedom that only can happen when we let go. We need to understand that it's never in God's plan for us to stay stuck, to stay bound, to stay smoldering in a place that continually stirs up strife within our spirit. That uneasy state of contention, the place where confusion and offense are in harmony. We often see the answer and the finish line, but our feet don't move. It feels good to stay where we are because it's comfortable and the battle is familiar. Do we feel forgiveness excuses our wrong behavior? And because we seek justice, we stay, feeling as though we are justified. What would happen if we paused before sharing a thread of gossip? But it feels good to share, and the thought of self-control is not appealing. What would happen if we choose to see ourselves from his perspective and changed our defeating words into fountains of encouragement? Giving ourselves grace feels selfish, and so we continue to berate every flaw, hoping it'll lead to a repentance that never comes. So what's the answer? Give it to God. How can we move forward? Give it to God. What will happen when we let go? Give it to God. We want to know the details of how to get from point A to point B. We want to know everything about the process and the outcome. We want to make sure hurts are healed and offenders are punished. We want victory and solutions. And we want to see every inch of the problem resolved before our very eyes. But what if God doesn't show us? What if we are not to watch everything unfold, but the very act of obedience to him is where the reward lies? What if all we're called to do is trust that God will work everything out for our good? Even if we don't see the details up close. Even if the bigger plans are kept from our eyes. Even if we can't see how he's working. Maybe we just need to trust and let go. Unhinge our tight fingers and lift up our hands to the one who makes all things new. There are some things in life we have no control over. 
thoughts that form in the minds we don't have, the words that speak from the mouths we don't own, grudges brewing in the hearts that we don't hold. As believers, we know that we must go to God and allow Him to direct us how to handle these touchy situations. When there is an offense with family members, when there is a shaking between friends, when there are unrealistic ideas about who we are as individuals that are contrary to the Word of God. It isn't easy to go through, never mind the cleanup after an emotional explosion, especially when it involves the people closest to us, or worse, our own inner selves. But what happens when something is within our control, but we don't control it? What about those hard moments when we are struggling because it hurts too much? Life is messy. Stick around long enough. You don't need a book to tell you about that. As followers of Christ, there are things we learn about throughout Scripture that we know we need to follow through with. We know there are solid and right principles God has given us so that we can be better. But I feel like we get so tired of hearing the same lessons over and over that we actually stop applying them. We skip over the basics or we ignore them. Here's why most of us don't listen. Justification. Why should I forgive her when she did such a horrible thing? Why would God ever want a loser like me? How can I possibly talk about my depression as a Christian woman? Why would she get a microphone before me? How in the world can I love that person like Jesus does? One thing God has taught me recently is we justify what we don't want to give up. Our hurts are real. Our emotions are real. Our version of every story, the journey behind every scar, the choice behind every decision is real, at least to us. The most frustrating thing about this is that other people are also justifying their hurts and their emotions, justifying their stories and their scars. We all justify everything, even if we are in the wrong. It feels good to justify. It feels right. The problem with wanting to be right is the absence of wanting to be healed. In this book, we will break up the lesson topics into these five important sections. Unforgiveness, self-deprecation, perfectionism, jealousy, disrespect. Why? Because these are the things we can let go of and should. We have the ability to control how to respond and act within these five difficult topics. The Lord has directed us in His Word how to handle them. It's time to face the truth, give up what we've been holding on to, and replace it with the healing that's been waiting for us. It's time we take action. It's time we approach God and open our hands. We have white-knuckled wounds and hurts for so long, they've become chains. Give it to the one who can make you whole. Give it to the one who sets the captives free. Give it to the one who gave up his life for yours. Give it to God, girl, and let him keep it. Give. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. Genesis 1, 
14 through 16. The first time the word give is used in the Bible is in this passage of scripture. The phrase to give light means to illuminate, to shine, or to become. It's a very beautiful picture. That God, during the creation process, would design something that would separate the darkness and allow us the ability to see. It is really magnificent. God doesn't need light to see. So why was the light created? One greater light would rule the daytime and the lesser light would rule the night. This tells me that he was preparing for us before life was breathed into Adam. He gave us something that would help us see, not only in daylight hours, but also when darkness comes. This is the God we serve, a God who prepares the way for us to have everything we need. After creating these two lights that will eventually be essential to our time here on earth, the scripture says a small phrase so simply, he made the stars also. Scientists spend decades trying to unlock the puzzle of our solar system and beyond. They've spent billions of dollars and hours of their time exploring and researching space, trying to learn everything they can about the universe, including the balls of gas we know as stars. Yet, the scripture plainly lets us know how effortless it was for God to just create something so complex in its design. Perfectly manicured, every atom working together, and every planet synced, so if one is out of place but an inch, balance would be thrown off. This is the God we serve. A God who can decide to just place stars in the sky, like tiny lanterns we can enjoy every night. God is more powerful than we could ever dream. Even our own concept of how everything was created is limited because it is impossible to understand the scope of his glory. Yet, this same God, who formed the earth and moon, has made it possible for us to not only connect with him, but also commune with him. We were created carefully and with purpose. Our existence was calculated. Our destiny mapped out. But the Lord is so good and so merciful that he didn't create us to be slaves without free will. He desires for each person to come to him freely, to experience a relationship so rich and pure, a special bond like a father with his child, a love greater than anything we could ever imagine. If the God of the universe can create light so perfectly, dividing it from darkness, and then effortlessly make the stars we deeply admire, why is it so difficult for us to trust him? As we walk through this life, We've gathered things that God would rather us not have. Things that aren't beneficial to our souls and that separate our hearts from His. The honest truth is that the same way He prepared for our existence by placing light in the sky, He has placed blessings in our futures. Blessings that can only be unlocked by approaching our God and handing over anything that would hinder us from taking the next step forward towards greatness. Giving has always been part of our culture in America. Every year on our birthdays growing up, we become accustomed to people giving us gifts. As we get older, the giving starts to evolve. If we pass a test, we're given a good grade. Graduate from high school and the principal gives you a diploma. Go to a coffee shop and you're given rewards as incentives to return. Even Target gives us a percentage of cash back if we use their little red card. 
Giving is ingrained into the system we live in so much that we just expect to be given things. Not necessarily in a negative way, but out of habit. Giving breeds an expectation of receiving. People receiving a reward usually appreciate it. Unless, of course, they're being given a pink slip at work or the worst service in the world at a restaurant. Those are never gifts we receive well. But most of the time, the giving brings genuine joy, both for the giver and the recipient. If we're receiving, things seem more at ease. We're being treated, and it's nice. When my boys hug my neck hard and give me a sloppy kiss on the cheek, it melts my heart every time. How can it not? When we are given something, we feel special. We feel important. We feel loved. When we're in the role as a giver, we can also feel those same things. We're excited about blessing the other person and making them happy. For example, Christmas as a parent is way cooler now with kids because we get to give them gifts. We know that they'll have a blast with and love. It's an awesome feeling when you give a gift to someone knowing it was with intention and their hearts will be so happy. Now don't worry, this isn't going to turn into a sermon about money and tithing. I want us to just see giving in a different light. Giving isn't just natural, giving can be spiritual. We can be a giver or a receiver depending on the situation. Both can be equally rewarding. It can feel really good to help someone have a better day by giving them a small gift. Since we're made in the image of God, this tells us he is also both a giver and a receiver. God gives love and life and so much more for our benefit. It has been easy for us to see him as a giver because he freely gives us so many great things. We've come to accept this and expect it. Yet, what we don't do often is look at God as a receiver, someone waiting to be given something. While we know we must give God praise, glory, and honor, there is something different he asks us to hand over, something less shiny and clean. Our mess, our flaws, and our sins. Jesus asks for it all. While we must give him praise, glory, and honor, God says, you see that darkness that's clouding your vision? Yeah, hand me that too. When God is on the receiving end, it's most often things that are unwanted, things that hold us down and keep us back from fulfilling good things in our lives. Stuff that he knows is keeping us from the promises that he's waiting to give us. It's not that God doesn't already give us great things every day. He absolutely does. But in order to reach the next spiritual level that God has for you, you have to make room by getting rid of anything that divides you from the one who created you. We are familiar with giving him thanks. We hear that we must give him praise, glory, and honor. We lift up our hands and we shout. We clap and weep. There are things within us as Christians that want to give God our best, but that's not the only thing he's asking for. Sometimes our best is when we're at our worst. When we actually humble ourselves at his feet, fully exposed in all our realness, Jesus is then invited into an intimate secret place with us. While we know God has a special place we can dwell, we don't always allow him into ours. It's the place in the back of our spiritual closets we want to keep locked away. It's the things that, if they appeared on our skin for everyone to see, would shame us out of ministry and out of our churches. It's the messiness of being human. 
It's the flaws that maybe only our husband or close family who we see every day know about. It's the sin that keeps showing up like an uninvited friend always crashing on our comfy couch. It's all the things that threaten to taint our reputation as a Christian. We have weighed sin as if God is a respecter of persons. He is not. We are. Fornication, adultery, cheating. We see these things as different sins than being jealous, gossiping, or unforgiving. But God sees them all the same. Sin is anything that separates us from God. It's anything that creates a barrier between our flesh and our redemption. Between our salvation and His holiness, you and I might be able to keep it hidden from outside eyes. But the Bible tells us that God sees the heart. He knows. When Samuel the priest was sent to anoint the next king, God gave him instructions. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7. It's important for us to remember that we have a God whose power is beyond our comprehension. As our creator, he cares about the very creations he made. Many people might feel as though God is scanning for sin so that he could unleash a wave of wrath, but that's not true. He wants reconciliation. When we compare our faults to one another or try to weigh our sin whether it's acceptable or not, we're missing the main point entirely. We're giving ourselves a false sense of security. There is nothing about sin that is secure, except that it secures our path in going the opposite way of where God wants us to go. We have to stop assigning important or unimportant sins. All sin is important to God, and all sins should not be tolerated. Sometimes one sin is more prominent and obvious to us, and so it may seem more urgent in the moment. And it is. But when we approach the sins that are exposed, we should do so understanding that it cannot stay if we want a deeper relationship with God. We are to repent every time it shows up, or we run the risk of accepting it as part of who we are. It'll feel familiar like an attribute to where we don't condemn the sin anymore, but embrace it. This is dangerous, sis. Have you ever been around someone who is incapable of speaking without gossiping? Have you been in a conversation where you must avoid a person because unforgiveness has grown like another limb on them? It isn't cute and it isn't holy. Jesus didn't die on the cross just so we can hold on to sin and never let it go. Let us not be that person. Where we can't get past a certain sin because it's been around so long, it feels like it's part of us now. Think about how much sorrow that must bring him. If we hold on to sin because of comfort or lack of self-control, it's denying the power of the cross. Whether we mean to or not, that's what's happening. Imagine giving someone a new sweater, but every time you see them, they keep wearing their old one with holes and stains. It wouldn't make you feel good. Even though God is the Almighty, He cares about us. And it does bring Him sorrow when we don't apply the gift of deliverance. He paid a lot for that gift, for us. It really is a shame when we decide not to use it. When we approach God and admit we are ready for a change, that's not easy or fun. I know this. You know this. It's why many of us just don't do it. Sometimes we really believe it's not that important to give up. 
We believe that God will overlook it because it's not that terrible of a sin or that it's just a common sin. Everyone is doing it. But the truth is, He cares about each of us individually. He is a personal God who not only cares about individual hearts, but made a way for the heart to become new, completely clean inside and out. When we stand before God at the end of it all, the excuse everyone is doing it just won't work. No excuse will work because we are to take time to not only understand what we must do while we're here, but actually do it. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Romans 1, 20-21 Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. James 1, 21-24 Giving is doing, an action that is an exchange. We're handing something over. The best part is, because we're in relationship with God, there are benefits to letting go. It may feel like we'll be empty if we let go, if we give it to God. It might hurt our pride or image of who we think we are and shake our confidence. We have to start being okay with not feeling okay. Our emotions shouldn't be groomed or conditioned as our indicator for righteousness. The Holy Spirit, or Holy Ghost, is that inner voice that will tell us what is right or wrong, regardless of how we feel. Here are a few benefits God gracefully gives in return for us giving our worst to Him. We are free. We are changed. We are wiser. We are able to help others. We are on a deeper spiritual level. God doesn't want us to hold onto vices. He doesn't get joy when he sees us in a toxic cycle of sin over and over again. That's why Calvary happened. To give us a way out by giving him our messiness in exchange for something beautiful. When we approach Jesus boldly, ready to release the sin we've been holding onto, it delights his soul because he's always ready to bring us to new levels in relationship. That's why the cross happened to reconcile us back to him, always. Time and time again, no matter the situation, God's heart is to have complete restoration with his most precious creation. Calvary has meaning because of Jesus. That's the only reason why it matters, because of who it was about, Jesus. He is the center and we are not. We are commanded to deny ourselves because it's impossible for us to be satisfied without God. Impossible. Our flesh and our sin create a division that only Jesus can mend. So when we reluctantly or stubbornly hold on to vices that keep us at arm's length from him, it goes against the very nature of who God is. Love. It isn't loving to push away a gift. Isn't it amazing that our Father willingly receives our dirtiest and trashiest sins? It isn't for his benefit, but for ours. Our trash doesn't dirty God. 
There is no amount of filth that can taint him. No level of gross, selfish indulgence that can smear his goodness. There is literally nothing too disgusting, too horrid, too rotten that Jesus can't make new. Isn't this the same God who formed mountains and oceans? Isn't he the same Lord who breathed life into earth and man was made? Isn't this the same Father who was manifested as a man, subjecting himself to death, but after three days defeated the grave? Yes, it is. It is the same God back then as it is today. The same power that spoke light into existence is waiting and willing to speak light to our darkest parts. There is no sin that's too much for God. All you got to do is open your hands and stop holding it like a trophy. It's not a trophy, sis. It's trash. Exchange your garbage for greatness in Jesus. The society we live in is quick to throw people away who don't fit into their mold. If you mess up, usually people aren't so eager to forgive and often push you further away because of the wrong that you've done. But God gets in the middle of the grime and slush with a big shovel ready to clean up. He's saying, hey, if you're willing to come to me and do what I say, I will not leave you the way you came to me. You will walk away better. Cast away from you all your transgressions, whereby ye have transgressed, and make you a new heart and a new spirit. For why will ye die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord God. Wherefore turn yourselves and live ye. Ezekiel 18, 31-32 God doesn't delight in our suffering. He doesn't get joy when his children are hurting. The ones who are trying their best to please him, but keep messing up. The people who truly love him, but feel stuck in their sinful vices. We must understand this. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward, and southward, and eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. Genesis thirteen fourteen through 15 God tells Abraham, To thee will I give it. I am promising you something greater than what you have. When we give something to God, it's not to make him better. It's to better us. In exchange for what we give him, we receive more. Our will, our faith, our trust, our bank account, our children, our grudges. None of it adds or take away from who God is. They affect only us. Yet it matters to the creator of our hearts what's important to us. When God gives, things multiply. Promises are made. Lives are changed. Souls are healed. We can't add value to a God who has everything. So why is it important to hand things over to the Lord when it doesn't benefit or harm Him? Simple. It might benefit or harm us. While nothing we do can change who God says He is, we are His. There is a love for us greater than anything on earth, and God desires a relationship with His children. He cares about where we're going, who our friends are, what jobs we have, how we handle our thoughts, why we sin or why we don't. God's heart is concerned about all of it. Here are some other ways to say give. Bestow, grant, permit, ascribe, employ, devote, consecrate, dedicate, sell, exchange, lend, commit, entrust, hand over, deliver up, Yield, produce, stretch out, extend, or put. 
Throughout the Bible, God gives continually. He improves the lives of those he gives to. They are receiving something of great importance. Here is where my heart is stirred. Jesus gave his life over to death and then tells us to give him the things that are killing us in exchange for more, not for him, more for us, his children. We hold garbage expecting it to turn to gold. We are stubborn beings. We are possessive of temporal things. Here are three reasons why we don't give things to God. Number one, we like it. Yep, I went there. We know it's not good for us, but it's too good for us to give up. So we keep it even if it damages who we are and who God wants us to be. Number two, we are prideful. Proverbs 16:18 says, pride goeth before destruction. We are set in our ways because we can't allow our ego to be bruised if we're wrong. So we hold on and fight for something that might be wrong for us. Number three, we are scared. Our trust and faith live in a cloud of confusion. We place attributes on God that we've obtained from other humans and that creates false narratives. We would rather stay and hold on because we are stuck in fear, fear of letting go. Whatever God gives us, it's a precious gift. We don't do anything to deserve it. His blessings and miracles every day are due to his goodness, mercy, and grace. It's because we have a father who can't deny expressing love. God is love, and going against that is going against the very attribute he has given to himself. God is not a liar, a manipulator, a bully. He is not a con man, a thief, a villain. When bad things happen to us, it doesn't bring the Lord joy. It hurts him too. We have to understand that free will also means the freedom of horrible things happening. It's the ripple effect of wrong choices in our lives that affect everyone we know, and sometimes, some we don't. It breaks his heart, but we are each responsible and accountable for what we say and what we do. This is one reason why God won't just take the pain away. Not because he's cruel. It's because someone made a choice and they're reaping the consequences of that choice. And while people run around yelling at God to do something, he already did. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus gave his life not for show. It was for sin, for pain, for all the things that make this world and your heart bleed, for everything dirty that has happened to you as an innocent child, for every moment that steals away your joy, for all the words you were called, all the rumors that were spread, and all the ways in which you tried to get revenge, but it didn't taste as good as you thought. Calvary paid it all. The cross beckons to the weary, tired, wounded soul to come and find rest. Jesus said, I will give you rest. There he is again, always giving, always multiplying, always adding to his children. But we first must act. We first must come. It's when we take that action step and approach the throne of God that we then enter into opportunity, a greater level of possibilities not found outside the throne room. Away from the noise and influence of the world around us, we go into a secret place. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91.1 There are three phases that need to happen before we can be fully under the Lord's protective power. 
while he freely gives this opportunity to anyone who is willing. We are the ones who must initiate the exchange. First, we have to approach God, leave our pride, desires, and fear behind. Then we have to dwell, spend time with Him, talk to Him, listen to Him. Soon enough, we then are abiding under His protection. It's within this posture that lives are changed greatly. Every step is a greater illumination until we reach this intimate level with God. It's then we must make a decision. Give up what we've been holding onto to continually abide with God or keep it, risking the progress of how far we've come. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 6, 6 through 8. Jesus didn't die for us because we were good. It wasn't because we were the greatest and would make perfect choices. We did nothing to deserve Christ's love. It is who he is, sacrificing one life for many. His blood shed so slates can be washed clean. Liberally and daily, pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. That's us. It was to save us, to give us a way out. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John 14, 6. Jesus said, He is the course we need to follow. This journey is filled with truth and life. No one else can do what he did or what he still does. God restores and redeems. He makes things new and brings life. He rights wrongs, heals broken hearts, brings miracles to the poor, and loves each soul regardless if the love is returned. That's the same God who became a man and died on the cross, giving us the greatest gift of reconciliation so that we can come into his secret place to dwell and abide. The greatest struggle shouldn't be what God is going to do with whatever you hand over to him. Jesus can handle anything. The greatest struggle is you deciding to keep holding on when God is patiently waiting to give you something more. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Hello Awesome Ministries? It will encourage me that you were blessed. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. To learn more about Hello Awesome, head to helloawesomeministries.com. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.